Why do you believe what you believe? This is a really important question for us to ask ourselves. Why do I profess faith in the specific elements of the Catholic faith? Why do I actually believe these things? It's important for us to ask ourselves this question as the world slowly loses faith in the things that we profess every Sunday in the creed. We might find ourselves asking, why do I actually believe these things? Do I actually believe them at all? Or someone else might ask us, why do you actually profess faith in all of those things the church teaches? Why do you believe what you believe? In order to try to glean an answer to this question, I'd like to look at the epistle for today, St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. St. Paul is writing to a church that he founded and that he has really cared for. He very beautifully sees himself as the mother of this community and the Christians in Thessalonica as his children. And so today he rejoices that he sees his children in Thessalonica, his spiritual children, are making progress in the faith. They are maturing and growing as faithful Catholics, and for this, he praises God and gives thanks to God. I would imagine it's kind of like a mother seeing a child slowly make progress. You know, finally you get your child potty trained, and you're so thankful to God. Or finally your child stops throwing food on the chair from the high chair, from the floor from the high chair, and you thank God. You're so happy to see your child making progress. So in a similar way, St. Paul praises God that the Catholics in Thessalonica are making progress. What have they done that makes him so happy? What is this progress that they have seen? Well, he tells us. He says that in receiving the word of God, they received it as it truly is, the word of God, and not merely as a human word. He's thankful to God that the Thessalonians discerned that his message was truly the word of God. The faith he preached was truly the word of God and not simply a human word. Well, what is the word of God? If you'd put on your theological caps for a moment, we can think about this question. Remember when St. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Principally, the word of God is spoken eternally by the Father. It is the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the fullness of God's revelation to us, his self-manifestation to us. This revelation has several fonts that we look at to find the contents of our faith. We often talk about sacred scripture and sacred tradition, guarded and protected by the teaching magisterium of the church as being the deposit of the faith. It is within that deposit of the faith that we can find all the things that we believe. And so these things that we believe that come forth from scripture and tradition and are part of the constant teaching of the church, these things all stem from the word of God. We need to receive these things as it truly is, the word of God. And because the word of God is outside of time, the Word of God is unchanging. The Word of God is stable and permanent. And what that means is that these things that we profess, 
and that Catholics have professed for 2,000 years, grounded in the unchanging Word of God, are also unchanging truths. They are like Christ is, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, St. Paul contrasts this unchanging Word of God, which is the origin of our faith, with a human word. The implication here is that a human word can change. A human word is within the temporal sphere. And so, as public opinion changes, and cultural fads change, and our preferences change, so too the word of man can change. You might think of the human word or the word of man as being like positive laws and policies and things in society. These things change. One thing that I'm always following is uh, wildlife management in the state of Wisconsin by the DNR. And uh, you, you see from year to year that things change. Uh, one thing that's obviously being contested quite fiercely are the hunting seasons on sandhill cranes and wolves. You know, over the past five years, we read about this in the newspapers. And I'm always interested to read both sides of the debate and kind of weigh both sides of the debate. I won't actually weigh in personally <laughs> at this time. Um, but it's interesting to follow these sorts of things, which can change. Or, right now is the archery season, and uh, that means that a lot of Wisconsin hunters are using crossbows. Well, the introduction of the crossbow for any hunter just happened 10 years ago, and it significantly influenced the archery season in the state. That's another wildlife management decision that has changed over time. So I offer those examples of wildlife management just to show that these are things that we can make the policies and the laws that regulate these sorts of things. They're based on biological research and then also public opinion, but they can change. The Word of God is different. The Word of God is rooted in God himself, and our faith is rooted in God himself, and so it does not change. The first reading touches on this theme. The first reading, the Lord speaks through his prophet Malachi, and he sharply condemns the priests at the time. He condemns the priests because they are allowing the people to falter by their bad instruction. Why is their instruction bad? Well, because they have changed the word of God into a human word. And because they are treating it as a human word, they are allowing it to change. And so the truths that are a part of the covenant that are lead, to lead the people to union with God are not being proclaimed. And so Malachi scolds them. He gives them a sharp reprimand because they have obscured the word of God and are treating it simply as the word of man. Just recently, the Pope reaffirmed the church's constant teaching that men alone can be admitted to holy orders. And many were unhappy that he said this. But he had to say it because the sacraments of the church, and in particular the recipients of the sacraments, these things were given to us by our Lord himself, who is the Word. And so the Pope has no authority to change that. The same thing could be said about everything that we profess in our faith. Anything from the Immaculate Conception to the doctrine of transubstantiation, these things are rooted in what God has revealed to us. They are rooted in the unchanging Word himself. And so they do not change. This should be a great consolation to us. It should be a, co a great consolation because all of us are caught up in the vicissitudes of the world. 
Everything is changing around us all the time. We might wonder, is there anything that is stable? Is there anything that we can hang on to? Is there anything firm in this life? And the answer is yes. Jesus Christ and the saving truth that he has revealed to us. St. Bruno once said, or maybe he often said it, as the world changes, the cross stands firm. We could say the same thing about the faith. As the world changes, the faith stands firm. And what this means for us is that our task is not to try to modify and change or augment the faith to fit our cultural fads or our personal preferences, but rather it is to change ourselves, to conform our own lives to what God has revealed to us. That is the task of conversion, and that is the task that is incumbent upon every one of us every day of our lives. So let's return to that opening question. Why do you believe what you believe? A good answer is that because it's rooted in the word of God, Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever.